Since 1981, Unbound has connected people like you with families worldwide on their self-directed paths out of poverty. A brighter future is possible for these families when we all walk together. Sponsor a child today and you'll help a family take the first steps on their path. Change their future in just one click. Start walking with your new friend today at unbound.org walk. My name is Sandra Hancock, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in to our broadcast. Now, today's message is going to be part two from last week, Love Your Enemies. Now, for you that didn't watch last week, we talked about Jonah and how God told Jonah to go to Nineveh. The only problem is Jonah hated the Assyrians. He had a hidden sin of hate in his heart. So he took a ship in the opposite direction to Tarshish. Well, let's find out today what happened to this disobedient prophet. Be blessed by this message. But people are running from their calling. There's a lot of people that's getting out of ministry now. I mean, they were walking on eggshells. And after this, they're like, they're losing their churches. They don't have, you know, they're thinking, what's the use? I'm going to throw up my hands and quit. I have no one to help me, no one to encourage me, no one to help support the church. So we need to be encouraging people in ministry. We don't need to be talking about them. We need to be praying because we're all under attack. Pray for this ministry too. But there's different kind of people. There's people that can, you know, they always know what they're supposed to do. They're always going to start something. I know what God's going to call me to do, but I'm going to do it next year. They're always talking about what they're going to do. That's like my son, Tyler. Since he's not here, I'm going to talk about him. Y'all have heard this story. But Tyler was so smart, and he's got a mouth like me, which cannot be good at times. But anyway, during junior college, he would make me so mad because his grades, he was so smart, but he would bring in like an F or a D. And wouldn't ever pick up a book. And later he told me he didn't even buy one. <laughs> but he always said, Mom, I know what I got to do. That was his line every time we'd get on to him. I know what I got to do. Well, he finally figured it out because now he's a college professor. <laughs> got his PhD. So praise God he finally figured it out. But see, there's a lot of people that know what they're supposed to do, but they're not doing it. Then there's others that they start, but they quit because times get hard. When the going gets hard, tough, the tough get going. You don't go to the house, you keep on. Quit making excuses. Make an excuse for everything. If something's a priority, you're going to find time to do it. If not, you're going to make an excuse. And then the last one is the ones that's working diligently for the Lord. And that's what I want to do. I want to work diligently. You know, I don't think there's a retirement plan with the Lord. Once he calls you, you you in there. (laughs) And we need to be working more like never before and bringing the hope of Jesus to a hurting world and the love of Jesus to a hurting world. So what is your Tarshish? What has gotten your heart to be so hard? Y'all looking like, I don't have no heart and heart. I'm so sweet. Well, maybe it's prayers that wasn't answered like we thought. They were supposed to be answered. 
and that way we get upset with God and develop a hardened heart. Maybe you've lost loved ones in your life. Maybe you've been through a bad divorce. You figure it out. Why? And you don't want to be around people anymore. Maybe you've had a church hurt. I'm not going back to church again. I don't want to be around people anymore. Well, you're in this world right now, and you can't get away from people. <laughs> so you can just live in your little prison of yourself all you want to. Or maybe you went to a very strict church as a child. You grew up with a bunch of rules and regulations, and you saw two sides, and you said, if I can ever get out of this house, I won't ever step in church again. And you rebelled, and you ran from God. And maybe you're looking at Christians today and you're running from God and saying, I, I don't know that I want any of that either, the way they're acting. But many of you, you've been a life on the run. You've, run from, you've been running from God. You've been running from one bad relationship to a worse. You've been running from one place to the earth. You run from one church to the other. It's always the pastor's fault. You've run from one job to another and it's always somebody at the job's fault. It's never yours. But sometimes we got to look at our hearts and say, Lord, I got soul wounds. I've got some, I got a hidden sin here that I have hurt and unforgiveness in my heart. And we just leads us to sleep and we run from God. So anyway, good old Jonah, he was in the bottom of that ship just taking his resting and all of a sudden this great storm came up y'all know the story and the sailors come in there and they knew this was of hurricane proportion this was not normal and they started worshiping their gods and and uh, they said what god do you serve oh i serve the god that created the sea and i've been oh, disobedient just throw me overboard and everything will be okay well reluctantly they did, and y'all know the story how everything became calm. But do you know his disobedience could have killed everybody on that ship? Our disobedience is affecting somebody else's life. And like I said earlier, we're living in a me, me, me generation. It's all about me. It's my rights. It's what I want to do. But one generation's, uh, your, your addictions or whatever could lead to the next generation's bondage. You may not have a problem with some things, but the next generation will. So your disobedience, you're saying, okay, God, I'm going okay, I'm to wait to do what you call me to do, is affecting somebody else's life. They're waiting on you to do what God's called you to do. Amen. But the good news is after these sailors saw that the water became calm, they worshiped God, and they offered a sacrifice. So that shows us that even with our rebellious acts, God can bring something good out of it. He can take the messes of our lives and make a message to bless other people. Aren't y'all glad his grace and mercy is new every day? Amen. Amen. So all of a sudden, y'all, what happened to Jonah? Jonah. Got in the belly of this large fish. All right, let's see what happened then. He had three days. He was fish bait for three days. He had time to think about his disobedience. All right, here he goes, Jonah 2 and 2. And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. Psalms 107, 17 through 20. Fool, 
because of their transgression and because of their iniquities were afflicted. Their soul abhorred all manner of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. So he was so excited that he didn't actually die, that God didn't kill him, that even if he was in the belly of a a big fish, that he cried out. And many of you have got some impossible situations. Many of you that are watching by television, maybe you got some some terrible problems in your life and you have so much guilt and so much shame and you feel like you don't deserve to be happy because of the mistakes. So you never intended to get hooked on drugs. You never intended to be in jail. You never intended to hurt so many people. That was not your intentions in life. And so many of you have got so much shame in your life and so much guilt and so much regret. Does anybody ever have a little guilt sometimes? Wish we'd have been a better mother. Wish we'd have been a better parent. Or you fill in the blank. And you think you're not worthy. But I want you to know when you cry out to the Lord, he hears your cries. Because you're his child. You know, it's like our children. If you had a teenage child... And they had a mouth on them. People will say, my little darling, I never do that. Well, maybe they won't, but mine did. <laughs> and y'all did too. They're just following that. They're working on their testimony just like you were. But you know, if that child, say, they were out driving and y'all had had an argument and, ooh, they just got on your nerves because they thought you were so stupid as a parent and you wondered how you ever had a child that was so smart. But something, you know, they were in an accident. They wasn't hurt bad. Well, would you say, I'm not coming to check on you? Because you had a, we had an argument this morning. I'm mad at you right now. No. You'd go to them because it's your child. And that's the way it is with the Lord. We are his children. Sometimes we get out of fellowship with him, but we're still his child. And he still loves us. And when we cry out to him, he will come to us in our distress. He will come to us in our distress. And I want to ask you, what's distressing you? Is it worry? Is it fear? Is it sickness? Is it bondage? But see, so many people are bound by so much guilt to think, how could God love me with all the mistakes that I made? But when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he took your shame. And some of the the hardest person to forgive is yourself. And some of you, if you would forgive yourself, you can receive healing in your body. If If you would forgive yourself, you could have deliverance and have peace in your life. But see, the problem is you can't give away what you don't have because you don't love yourself in a balanced way. You can't love anybody else. You've got to forgive so you can be free. And the hardest person to forgive is yourself. And once you ask God for forgiveness, it's under the blood of Jesus. See, the great thing about Jesus is your destiny is in the future. It's not in your past. We all got a past. We all have regrets. We all make mistakes. There's nothing worse to hang around somebody that thinks they've never made a mistake. See, we're living in a time now people want to say, I've never made a mistake. We need to repent. That's right, Tina. Preach it, sister girl. 
they lying because we all make mistakes. And that's when we need to humble ourselves before the Lord. But there's so much guilt. And I feel like this in my spirit. There's so many, some of you that are watching this, this program, you have had an abortion. And we're living in a time now where all, you know, we hear it so much on television. And every time you hear it, you calculate the calendar to see how old your child would be. Every time you see a child play and you're thinking about the child that you gave up. And you feel like you should never be happy because of what you've done. But you know, once you ask for forgiveness, the Lord says, it's under the blood of Jesus. It's okay for you to enjoy your life. See, so many people feel I can't enjoy my life because of the sin that I had back then. You'll see that child again one day in heaven if you live for Jesus. I believe that. But you can minister to so many people or that are trying to make the same decision that you made. So God can use your testimony to change lives. So don't waste your pain. Minister to others. Now, I feel like I'm speaking to somebody that's watched several of you that are watching this. So you've got some impossible situations. But when we cry out to the Lord, he hears our cries. And Psalms 107.20 said he sent his word and healed the sick and saved them from destruction. Not to, he has already done it on Calvary. So what I want to do now is if you're watching this show, whatever your distress, I want to send the word that the Lord will heal you where you are. Because we still serve a supernatural miracle working God. And if you've got breath in your body, it's not over. See, a lot of you are watching this program. You are so bound by anxiety and fear that you don't sleep at night. You are having panic attacks, wondering what's going to take place. But I want the Lord to give you peace today. So, Lord, I send the word of God forth to everyone that is watching this program. Those that are bound by fear and anxiety, I speak peace in the name of Jesus. Those that are bound by sickness and disease, I speak healing in the name of Jesus. Those that are bound by drugs and alcohol, I speak freedom in the name of Jesus. Jesus, I thank you that you're the miracle working God. Just receive what Jesus did on Calvary for you because he wants you well. He wants you well. Well, after Jonah stayed in the belly of the big fish for three days, he, the, spit, the fish got tired of him, spit him out. <laughs> now, God commanded the fish to spit him out. And then God told him, now go to Nineveh and tell those people if they don't repent within 40 days, they're going to be destroyed. Do you think he went to Nineveh? Yeah, uh-huh, I'm going, Lord. <laughs> he may have had seaweed all over him, and Lord knows what else. I can just see him being what he looked like when he walked into Nineveh, okay, child? Maybe they were scared of him. That's why they all repented. <laughs> but no, seriously, he went, and it was a large area. It took three days to cover it. And he started shouting out to them, and believe it or not, they all repented. 
Even the king took off the royal garment and his throne and, and uh, put on sackcloth and called for a fast. And they were all saved. And Jonah was so mad. The evangelist got the whole town saved and he became a pouty prophet. He was so mad. He was mad at God. God, I knew this is what you would do. That's why you have so much grace and mercy. That's why I didn't want to come here. I wanted these people to burn. So he went outside the town just to pout. Just kill me now, God. Y'all know anybody's ever had a pity party? Y'all have one this morning? And he went outside of that town and just kill me. I'm the only one left. Just kill me. I'd rather be dead than see these people saved. He was mad. Can't y'all just see it? I, just could, I could just imagine this prophet with all this seaweed on him having a pity party under a plant. So God felt sorry for him because he was in the sun. He did cause that plant to grow over him to give him a little bit of shade. But he was still pouting. Well, God sent a worm to eat the plant. Still didn't learn his lesson. I feel sorry for this little plant, God. And he said, Jonah, you have more passion for this little plant when there's 120,000 people, not including the animals, in spiritual darkness, and you are whining over this little plant. Doesn't the Lord have a way of getting our attention? That's it. When you start having a little whiny party and feeling sorry for yourself, and then somebody else calls and tells you all their problems, you're thinking, oh, Lord Jesus, I don't have any problems. Amen. When we spend more time praising the Lord for what we do have instead of complaining about what we don't have. Amen. But see, we're living in a time now. Sister Sarah, if you bring me up my little dark cloth here. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah. See if I can get this up here. Hang on. But see, many of you, it's not like you're under a plant. You're like under a dark cloud. You know what I'm talking about? You can be around people wherever you go and you put a smile on your face, but because of your disobedience, you have like a dark cloud that's following you because of unforgiveness in your heart, bitterness in your heart. Lord, just go ahead and take me on. Things is not going to get better anyway. I just want to die. Well, you know what? You're not going nowhere until Jesus is ready for you to go. Amen. So you can either be pitiful or powerful Amen. or stay under your little dark cloud where you are now and be miserable. But see, it follows you wherever you go. And you spend your time whining. Well, I don't know why my enemies are being blessed. I don't know why this world is, is things are taking place in this world. That's not what I've been praying for. And you just feel like you're under a dark cloud with depression and fear and anxiety. It's a spirit of heaviness. But this day, when you give it to the Lord... Say, Lord, I'm going to let go and let God. God, you're God and I'm not. 
I don't understand this. I don't understand why I'm going through, but I know one thing. I trust you. I trust your timing. I'm going to serve you. I want to be free. I repent for rebellion. I repent for unforgiveness. I repent for a hardened heart. So, Lord, I give you the spirit of heaviness. So you'll give me that peace and joy that I once had. I've got one more scripture. Woo. I felt that heaviness leave. Psalms 37, 1 through 4. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as a green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Trust in the Lord and do good. He's working his plan. He's fighting his battle. We do all we know to do, and then we stand and let God be God. See, he's trying to fight our battle, and we're messing it up with our mouth, trying to tell everybody off, trying to tell our enemies off. We're not God. He is. He's the vindicator and not us. And then what will happen is eventually he will prepare that table before you in the presence of your enemies. Anoint your head with oil. Cup runneth over. There'll be a time that your enemies can watch you blessed. They think they got the best right now. Let them talk. But God's working his plan for your life. But you got to trust him. So I think so many times if we would spend more time praying for our enemies instead of talking about them, what God could do. Because see, do you know that God loves our enemies? Isn't that a, we just can't believe, how could God love somebody like that? He does. Because if you look at the Assyrians, if he had that much grace and mercy in the old covenant, when they were torturing people like they were, how much more grace and mercy do we have in the new covenant when he sent Jesus to die for us? He died for everybody. So we in the body of Christ have got to be encouraging each other, lifting each other up, and we got to be praying for our enemies and praying for the lost people because Jesus is our only hope. No matter what kind of situation you're going through right now, how impossible it seems, the Lord is still on the throne and you have hope in him. And we're going to be win-win whatever takes place. And the only way you won't win is if you stay in that, under that cloud all the time of discouragement and despair. Give it to Jesus. Let go and let God. Do y'all receive this word today? I pray this message blessed you. And I feel like many of you that are watching this broadcast, you are just bound by so much shame because of things that you've done in your past. Hey, and we've all made mistakes and we all have regrets, but Jesus Christ took your shame on Calvary and you say, well, I'm not good enough to be saved. Well, none of us are. But as I said in this show, if God loved the people in, in Nineveh so much, these cruel people under the old covenant, 
Think about how much he loves you when he sent Jesus to die for you in the new covenant. And his mercy and his grace is new every day. And if you're watching and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, this is your day. Maybe you're watching and you just have so much shame that you cannot just, you got to forgive yourself. I feel this is a word for somebody. You have got to forgive yourself. You can't give away love if you don't love yourself in a balanced way. You can't have peace if you're angry and bitter at yourself all the time. Give your pain, give your shame to Jesus this day so you can walk in freedom. So if you're watching and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, or maybe you need a special prayer, maybe you have some distresses in your life of sickness or addictions or bondages, or you're having a hard time forgiving yourself, call our 1-800 number. We would love to pray with you. We don't counsel you, but we will pray with you because Jesus has a plan and a purpose in your life. We all have regrets, but know one thing. Our destiny is in the future and it's not in our past. We all have a past, but that past does not have to affect our future because that's what the blood of Jesus is all about. You need to receive your forgiveness this day. But if you're watching and you need special prayer, we do have a 1-800 number. We'd love to pray with you. Maybe some of you have some distresses in your life where you got sickness or bondage or depression. So many people are facing depression and anxiety, but the Lord wants to give you peace this day. Call the prayer line and we would love to pray with you. Now, I can't go off the air without thanking our partners. We sincerely love and appreciate you and we pray for you every day. And we could use your help right now. Television's expensive. I think we can all agree this is the time to reach as many people as we can for Jesus. And we could surely use your help. Even a one-time donation would help us. Any amount would help. And we appreciate that. Now, next week, we're going to have a brand new show, a brand new message. Don't you dare miss it. But until then, this is Sandra Hancock with Voice of Hope. And remember, your hope is in Jesus. is Sandra Hancock and I want to thank you so much for tuning in to our broadcast. Many of you that are watching this broadcast, you feel like you're at the end of your rope. 
You've got some impossible situations, but I got some good news. You have hope in Jesus because we still serve a supernatural miracle working God of now. I also would like to invite you to come out and join us in one of our powerful conferences in a city near you. It would make our day to have you as our guest. If you think our broadcast is powerful, wait and come and experience the presence of the Lord. You'll love it. Also, I want to thank our partners. We sincerely love and appreciate you, and we thank you for helping us spread Jesus to a hurting world. God bless you all. Since 1981, Unbound has connected people like you with families worldwide on their self-directed paths out of poverty. A brighter future is possible for these families when we all walk together. Sponsor a child today and you'll help a family take the first steps on their path. Change their future in just one click. Start walking with your new friend today at unbound.org walk.